Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse number 10. If you're there, say amen. He said, so I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them. You know why it came? Because the Lord said it would. He said, the breath came into them, and they lived, and they stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. I obeyed the Lord. He kept his word, and they stood up on their feet. But I want to tell you that God don't just raise up armies to stand there. I want you to turn to somebody close to you tonight and tell them, don't just stand there. Hallelujah. Lord, thank you for your word tonight. Thank you for your people. I'm asking you to meet us in this place. That you would speak a word right now, a rhema word to your people. We desire for your presence and your power to be demonstrated in such a way that when we leave here tonight, we can say that we have been in the presence of the Lord. We give you the honor and the glory in Jesus' name. Let the church say amen. amen. Would you set that Bible down tonight and clap like the devil's heads between your hands? Come on, clap like the devil's heads between your hands right now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated in Jesus' name. Well, I'm going to take just a few minutes tonight to lay a little groundwork in this chapter. You know, sometimes it's easy when, uh, when you've been around the Scripture for a long time to think that everybody just knows the story because you've preached it a thousand times. And uh, I love this chapter. It's a chapter prophetically about Israel as a people. And uh, they were in a place where not only were they dead, but they were scattered. This is all, this is all prophetic. The Lord showing this to Ezekiel uh, carried him away in a vision, in an open vision, to this valley where the representation of God's people was death. It was weakness, scattered, dry. Somebody shout dry. dry. Now, if you see bones that are still covered in flesh, you know they haven't been there long. But if they're dry bones, that means this didn't just happen. And the Lord is showing the prophet Ezekiel, there's been a problem in the hearts of my people for a long time. And the only thing that corrects this dried up, broken, scattered people is the same thing that it's going to take in this day and time for dried up, scattered, and broken people. He said, this valley of dry bones needs a visitation of the presence of the Lord. This valley needs a visitation of the breath of God. Now, I know in this house tonight that there are people who are perhaps in circumstances that you feel like it's been dead for so long, there's no way it could ever live again. But the power of this story to me is that it's obvious they have been there for a long time. But just because it's been this way forever doesn't mean it has to stay this way. And just because it's beyond the help of men does not mean it's beyond the help of God. I've come to speak to somebody tonight whose life is in a dried up way. You're in a situation and circumstance that's beyond you. And there's no way that a doctor is going to fix it. 
There's no way that a lawyer's going to fix it. There's no way that a psychologist is going to fix it. You know what you need? You need the breath of God to blow into your life. You need a work of the Holy Ghost. You need God to do what only God can do. And I'm here to tell you tonight that if he did it before, he can do it again. God has never been intimidated by things that men have said it's beyond my ability. As a matter of fact, I would stand boldly and proclaim to you tonight that where men run out of resources, God is just beginning. When man says it's over, God says you haven't seen nothing yet. When man says it's finished, God says I'm just getting started. I'm here to preach to you tonight that it's not over until God says it's over. It's not finished until God says it's finished. I don't care how dry it is. I don't care how broken it is. Our God is able. God is able. I wish you'd shout that with me right now. God is able. Well, it's easy for you to stand up there and preach, Pastor, but you don't know how dead it is. You don't know how dead my marriage is. You don't know how dead my family is. I just want to ask you, how much more dead can you get than a valley full of dry bones? I'm talking about there's not even any organisms left gnawing on the bones. There's no maggots. Somebody say no life. There's nothing. They're sun bleached, dried out, over, done. The Lord said, let me show you something, sir. If you'll stand up and preach a word, if you'll stand up and prophesy, I'm going to respond. Oh, God, I feel my help in here right now. I'm telling you tonight that the reason why we preach and the reason why we reach is because we believe that on any given service just like this one tonight that the word of God can cause something to get stirred up stirred up in the atmosphere. I'm here to tell you it may sound old fashioned and it may sound like I'm just some old preacher that's lost my mind. But let me tell you something. I still believe in the power of the preached word of God. And I still believe in the power of a prophecy. And I still believe that on any given service, it can be the last service that you face that dead circumstance. It can be the last service that you face what you're facing right now. I know you don't have to believe it, but I'm preaching to somebody that will tonight. God can breathe in this house tonight. Now, I'm, I'm going to say this, and I know that I risk just sounding repetitive, but I'm going to tell you all tonight, I'm not looking for opportunities to miss church, and I'm going to tell you why, because I was raised in an atmosphere that the, it, it don't have to be on a Sunday night. God can do it on a Wednesday night. When I was raised up in church, the reason why we had revival every night of the week is because people didn't want to miss out on what God was going to do. And I'm telling you, as a matter of fact tonight, 100%, 
As a matter of fact, that the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, the answer is never going to be less church. Well, you just, you're just preaching to full people. You know, you're just preaching to people that are already. I'm telling you, on any given Sunday night, on any given Sunday morning, on any given Wednesday night, there's somebody facing something that's bigger than them in the building. You know, I really hope the Lord gives us some mercy. I was talking to a brother this morning in the lobby. We were just kind of bantering back and forth a little bit about the end times and eschatology and how that our hope and prayer has always been, as Jesus said, pray that, that you would be able to uh, that you'd be able to escape these things. When it's talking about great tribulation, pray that you'd be able to escape these things. Uh, and this is going to be heavy, just for a second. But you know, some folks can't handle success. I want God to lift everybody up, elevate everybody. I want God to give everybody great jobs. I want God to give everybody great income, but not everybody can handle it. I'm telling you right now, Pentecost had some of its most powerful breakthroughs in little old bitty country churches during the Great Depression. Woo-wee. It's so quiet in here tonight, you can hear a rat licking ice. They had great revival during the Great Depression. You know why? Because people didn't have a job to blame on for not being at church. And they'd come together as the body just as they did in the book of Acts and they'd share resources. If I got beans, you got beans. If I got rice, you got rice. And I hope to God somebody in there had coffee. You take away coffee, it's going to be a real great depression. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? The devil is a liar. But it's amazing. And I, I hope to God that I'm not speaking something tonight that we have to live through. But I'm telling you, sometimes God has to lift success out of people's lives for them to see how bad they need him. Because it's so easy for us to get self-reliant. It's, so e it's so easy for us when we have enough resources to stop trusting the giver of the resource. You're fat and rich with goods. We have been increased with much goods. He loads us daily with benefits. The blessings of the Lord are great. But I also think it's one of the downfalls of North America. Is that we have turned our back on God and still figured out ways to be successful. And because of that, people don't think they need God. But I'm telling you that even on this Sunday night, there is somebody in this house. And there's somebody that's watching online that needs God. There's somebody that can testify in here tonight. That when I needed him, he answered. When it was beyond my reach, he found it. When I couldn't do anything else about it, he did it. And if you're here tonight and you don't feel like there's an answer within sight, let me encourage you. You're in the right place at the right time.
I hope, I hope that not only do we not have to go through the great tribulation. You know, I've always preached that, prayed that. I want, I want there to be a pre-trib rapture. You'd have to be a, a dummy to not want that. Come on now. <laughs> but we were talking this morning after church in the lobby. How in the world do some people think if they got to go through the great tribulation, they're going to make it if they can't make it through any tribulation? They get, they get frustrated with their job and God's failed them. Come on now. Take a little pay cut and God's failed them. Get a flat tire on their car and God's failed them. I'll tell you, I'm tired of the devil getting credit for stuff he can't do. The devil ain't never give me a flat tire. He ain't never gotten my truck and messed, turned, the, turned the engine light on. Never happened. The devil ain't never had that opportunity to do that. But I tell you what, he has the opportunity to do. When that check engine light comes on, he's got access to your ear and says this would be a good time to be discouraged. And it'll, it'll happen after you've been faithful to God. When the Lord said, give that $100 bill, but you got a $100 repair on your tire, and you got to trust God. I'm going to preach to you. It's probably going to make you uncomfortable right now. But the reason we don't hear miracles like we used to hear miracles is because we've got options. In a generation of people that didn't have the money to put extra gas in their car to get to church on Sunday night or to work on Monday morning, they had to be faithful to God and just trust that God was going to show up and there'd be enough gas in there to provide for their family. And that's why they could stand up in church uh, on Wednesday night after the fact and say, I came on Sunday night and Monday morning when I got in my car, there was enough gas for me to get to work or somebody slipped me a $20 bill. I don't know how he does it, but I can tell you this. It's not dead enough that God can't show up and make a difference. My mother-in-law told me the other night that she and my father-in-law were, they were home missionaries and had planted a church. And uh, I'm not saying this in a negative way. I'm being honest with you. When you talk about poor, like they, they were giving everything they had to God at that time, didn't have nothing. And she said, we didn't have any food in the house. She said, but I walked over to the table, and she said, I, I set the table, put the silverware out, got the table ready. She said, me and Dad sat down at the table with not a piece of food on that table. We joined hands and started blessing the food. She said, we sat down and prayed over the food. As we prayed over the food that wasn't there, somebody knocked on the door. There were three different times that somebody knocked on the door. There was a family that had been coming around, and the boy knocked on the door. I think I got this right. And said, Sister McCausland, my mom was roasting a, a, a chicken tonight, and she just decided when she put one chicken in, she might as well put two in. 
And she roasted two chickens. She said somebody else knocked on the door and brought a loaf of bread. Hey, can I tell you tonight, he's still able. He's still able. I said he's still able. I don't ever want God to have to take anything away from me to move. But I can tell you this, I believe in God with everything that's within me tonight that he is as powerful as he has ever been. And when his word goes forth, the dry bones have to respond. When his word goes forth, dead things have to come to life. When his word goes forth, dead things come alive. And so... There's some powerful principle here, some amazing things that happen. I've preached this story many, many times. But there is a principle that I feel is a resounding principle that I preach all the time. It's like it don't matter what the text is. I feel like I've preached it all through our movement. And that is that God is a God of process. I preached it this morning. God's a God of process. If he's going to give you the land, just claim it. But you got to stand in your inheritance at the level that he has given to you and, and believe that if God said he's going to do it, that he's going to do it because he's a God of process. I've preached this and taught this all over the country that God is omnipotent. He is certainly all-powerful. And he could have stepped out on the balcony of heaven on creation week and just said, let there be. And it would have been done. He absolutely could have created everything in one moment. He didn't even have to say anything. I, I'm telling you, he didn't have to say anything. But everything he did was in order and he showed us some things. The Bible said that the Spirit of God moved on the face of the deep. You know what happened when it moved? Nothing. God moved on the face of the deep. Nothing happened until God said. God could have moved on the valley of dry bones, but he didn't. He waited for the word. He's a God of process. And God speaks at levels as he's creating everything that is needed because he's a God of process. Could have said it one time. Could have waved his arm. Every star would have been flung into space. Every planet would have been in alignment. But why did he do that? Because he made on day one what day two needed. He made on day two what day three needed. And by the time you were thought of on day six, you had everything that you needed to be fruitful and to multiply and to be blessed. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, God is a God of process. Come on. Why does that matter to me? Because God has the ability to bring us to a place where we don't need anything but him, but we know that he is enough. Sister Christy Ballestero recorded a song, and uh, I'm pretty sure Brother Tim Spell sang it with her on that project. When you find he's all you have, you'll find he's all you need. Well, come on, somebody. So why, why, do, why doesn't the Lord... Why doesn't the Lord just tell the old prophet Ezekiel in this vision, if you'll just stand up and proclaim the word, it's going to happen. 
Because there's some things in order and process that God's got to do. He's not just going to take something that's scattered and messed up and broken and bless it. Are you hearing me? You could, you, you could preach it from, from this context. That if he blows his wind across that valley of dry bones, it's scattered. It's a waste of wind. Because he's not going to resurrect something when the leg bone's over there and the hip bone's over there and the skull's laying back there and there's no order to it. It's all chaos. And so the first thing that happens, the word of the Lord tells us that he prophesies. He tells the prophet to prophesy and he says, I'm going to cause the wind to blow and I'm going to cause breath to come into them and I'm going to cause sinew on them. I'm going to cause skin to come on them. He said, I'm going to make it happen. It's going to be completed. It's going to happen. But hear this preacher tonight. God's not going to bless a scattered valley. There has to be a shaking in the earth. Where things that are scattered in your life begin to come together. And your Bible says in this narrative that it was bone to his bone. Because he's a God of order. God didn't take Billy's leg bone and put it on Bobby's hip. God took Billy's leg bone and the ankle bones connected to the hip bone. The hip bones connected to the backbone. And every one of them was for the same guy. Every one of them was for the same person. Why? Because we need to learn to let God move on our business. And quit being concerned about how scattered my sister is. I'm preaching right now. It's so easy for us to just lay over there and look at how messed up they are. Hey, there's none of us in this house that's got it all together. You know how messed up they are? You know how jacked up they are? And I'm laying over here with my arm laid back behind me. My knee stuck up behind. I'm all messed up. Everything's scattered my life. You know what we need? We need a revival of self-examination. That God, if you're going to have revival, let it start in me. If you're going to put some stuff back together, work on me. God, if you're going to do this, I'm volunteering tonight. I give myself to you. If you want to work, work on me. Hallelujah. We need a revival of self-examination. God's going to bring it together. So he brings them together. The Bible said that he lays muscle and sinew upon them. He lays skin on them. And now they're just laying there. God, I've done everything you told me to do. This is so powerful. This is one of the most powerful new converts. Bible studies you can give anybody they had everything in order except for the breath of God which represents the Holy Ghost so you can look at it like this repentance has happened and everything's brought back together but you're still dead are you hearing me you've got to have the breath of God to be alive that's why we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection. 
I don't care if you go to church 14 times a week. You need the breath of God. I don't care how much you've got it together. You need the breath of God. You need the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I really feel like I'm starting to get it together now, Pastor. I wish I could tell you how many people have told me that in my lifetime. When I get it together, I'm going to serve the Lord. Hey, I'm going to tell you what's going to help you get it together. You just come on in here. Don't worry, don't worry about where you've been. Well, what do people talk about me? Don't tell anybody I said this, especially online. Who cares? What if they say bad stuff about me? Who cares? You ain't going to stand before God for what they said. You're going to stand before God for what he said. And the Lord said, I see potential in this thing. We can pull this back together. I can breathe on this. And something powerful is going to come out of this situation. Hey, I want to tell somebody, maybe you're watching online tonight and you feel like you're so scattered and you're so messed up. Don't you worry about getting it. You come on to the presence of God. You come on to the house of God. When God starts putting it back together, you're going to feel better than you felt in a long time. But he ain't done yet, baby. You just wait till he breathes on what? He's put back together. He's not just good at putting it together. He's good at bringing it to life. He's good at giving new life. almost where I'm going. I'm almost done with my introductions what I'm saying. So order comes and obedience comes. He stands up. He prophesies. And uh, the scripture said in verse 10 that I prophesied as he commanded me. And the breath came into them. Thank the Lord. And they lived and they stood up on their feet an exceeding great army. Now this is good because I got this beautiful picture that when the Lord breathes on them, the scripture said that they stood upon their feet. Right? You get this concept of these dead looking bodies that come to life and then they just stand up. And when you read this, you kind of get the concept that they just stand right up on their feet and they're a mighty army saluting, right? Is that kind of the picture y'all get? They just stand up. What a powerful, powerful army. I hope they shine their shoes, Sister Christy. You better get them shoes shined. They're going to get in trouble. Standing there with the shoes shine, looking good. Can I tell you? This is what a lot of people think being in the army of the Lord is all about. But you may learn some things about shining your shoes in boot camp. And you may learn how to salute a superior in boot camp. But you don't go to boot camp to learn just how to stand. You're not becoming a warrior just so you can stand there. 
And if you think this whole vision that God gave Ezekiel was just so that Israel could stand back up and look pretty with their shoes shine, you have absolutely missed the whole point. Because it's not the will of God to bring life back to something for it to stand there and be a statue of the goodness of God. He don't just raise up armies for armies to become statues of his goodness. He raises up armies for armies to be powerful, for armies to be fighting machines. He stood them up upon their feet, not so they could look good, but so that they could go somewhere on a battlefield and do business for the kingdom. Now, it's beautiful. Got to digging around a little bit. This word, it said that it stood up upon their feet an exceeding great army. Somebody say an army. army. This word army is kail. No big deal. It's not really a huge word. In the, in the uh, Hebrew language, it says it means probably a force, whether of men or means of other resources, an army. Basically what you think it means. But. It has roots. The roots of this word in the context of this chapter is not just that they were an army. But the word is so powerful. The root of this word army does not mean a people that just stands there and stands at attention. Now this is going to mess with somebody in here tonight. And to be honest with you. If we had the music cranked up right now, we could probably push this right over the top. But I'm not just here to push it over the top. I asked the Lord to do that during worship service. And since I'm here, I might as well preach. <laughs> I sit over and said, God, you could blow on this thing right now. Just make it happen. You know what the root of this word is? Now, follow me. I prophesied. Life came to them, and they stood up on their feet. This is what you see. But do you know what the root of this word is? The primitive root properly means to twist or whirl in a circular or spiral manner. That is specifically to dance. He said, I didn't just raise them up to stand there. But when I breathe on them, I'm putting something in them that's going to make them move. He said when I brought their life back together and I breathed on them, I didn't just breathe on them to stand them up. He said I breathed on them so that they could testify of my goodness. I'm here to tell somebody tonight, he didn't save you to stand there. He saved you to dance. He saved you to give him glory. He saved you to spin and whirl and let the devil know I'm not what I used to be. Yesterday, I may have laid in the pits of despair but today I've got to dance in my spirit I'm not just going to stand there I've come to preach to you tonight don't just stand there he didn't save you to stand there he saved you to testify
Somebody's waiting on some better preaching. It ain't going to get better than that tonight. I've come to preach to you. You were saved for more than just standing there. You were saved for more than just saying, I'm in the Lord's army. When he picked you up, what'd he do? Turned you around. When he picked you up, he put a dance in your feet. When he picked you up, it'll put a praise on your lips. When he picked you up, it life abundant. I wish somebody would just forget that anybody's watching you right now. I wish somebody would just forget that anybody cares what you're doing right now. And just say, you didn't bring me out to stand here. You didn't bring me out to worship pretty. You brought me out to pick me up. That's why the old timers get out and roll around in the floor. That's why people stand up and run the aisles. Because when he picks you up, it's like fire shut up in your bones. It's not about how cute you look. It's not about how much you impress people. It's not about how straight your tie is. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul cries out, hallelujah. I've got to stand up and testify. I've got to stand up and shout. I've got to get up and spin because the Lord brought me out. I wish somebody just give him praise right now. I wish somebody just give him praise right now. Give him praise, give him praise, give him praise. Well, look what the Lord has done. Just look what the Lord has done. Oh, he healed my body. He touched my mind. He saved me just in time. Oh, I'm going to praise his name. I'm going to praise his name. Each day he's just the same. Each day he's just the same. I'm going to praise him. Look what the Lord has done. Here's where we're at. It's Sunday night. It's early. And some of you are waiting on me to just say amen so you can leave. But I ain't going to let you off the hook tonight. He didn't save me to just have good church. It's getting on Brother Small right now. What's getting on him is about to get on some of you. 
Yeah, Pastor, he did. You're right. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you something else. Sorry, devil will do. He'll make you believe you're not emotional. You take somebody that's not emotional, give them a winning lottery ticket for $10,000, they'll make a little noise. and said, I got to run or something. said, I went to my other pastor and said, I got to do something. I can't just stand there. Said, she said, then you came there and you prayed. And we said, this is what we need right here. This is what we've been looking for. I pray to God we never lose it. That when people walk in, they don't feel what they're looking for. We're about three good dead weeks away from being a church that somebody's going to leave and say, the old church I was in, they used to dance and shout. They don't do nothing. They call themselves Pentecostal. But they don't dance like they used to. Hey, I'm going to tell you, we got some old road warriors in here. You may not be able to shout dance like you used to, but you still got a tap in your foot. You may not be able to pick your feet up and put them down, but you, you get a little bit of something moving in them legs. I just want the devil to know tonight, I'm not dead anymore. There's something in me that's got to move. There's something in me that brought life and life more money. I gotta move. missionaries for finances. We're trying to get to them through Seed Giver. And uh, we interviewed, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny just the way that it fell, but me and Bishop Steve Allard uh, interviewed three missionaries, and the first two were uh, Brother Rodriguez and 
his son Ben Rodriguez from Ensenada, Mexico. So we got Papa Bear's version on the first Zoom call. That revival that's going on, the good things God has done. He said Ben's been working with this family and he told us a little bit about it. And then we got Brother, Brother Ben Rodriguez on the phone, on the Zoom call, on video. So we're sitting outside, Bishop, and he said, my dad may have mentioned some of this to you guys. He said, but I, I got to tell you what's going on. He said, I started dealing with this family that was coming to our church. He said, this guy was a really cool guy. But he said, his whole family's in witchcraft. And he said, his brother was an extremely powerful warlock. And he said, this guys he's a warlock that people come to to put curses on the cartel. This is not the guy you mess with. He says so. I was having Bible study with this with this guy with, 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 the, with the brother. He said he, he came to me and said, "Hey, brother Rodriguez." He said, "My brother's wanted to come to Bible study. Can he come?" He said, "Which brother?" He said, uh, "He said uh, which brother are you talking about?" He said, "The witch." He said, he, he's going to come to Bible study? He said, yeah. He said, okay. Let him come to Bible study. So he said he came to Bible study. And he said as soon as he got there, he started trying to take, take over the Bible study. He got loud. Started trying to take it over. He said, a spirit of prophecy came on me. And I looked at him and said, you know why you're resisting God? He said, you're resisting God because you used to be a Christian. He said, you walked away from the Lord. And he said, you've had daddy problems in your life. He's talking to a witch that hexes a cartel. He said, you got daddy problems. And he said, you've been comparing God, your father, to your daddy, to your earthly father. And he said, I've come to tell you, sir. He said that God, your father, is not going to do to you what your father did to you. Well, brother, brother Rodriguez was in Ensenada. Brother Ben Rodriguez was in Durham, North Carolina for a conference. And he said that guy called and told me, he said, my brother wants your cell phone number. Can I give him your number? He was like, I guess. He said he started calling me every day. Started calling me every day. He said, I don't know if y'all are ready for all this. He said, you know, due to some of the places I've walked, I've walked in some pretty high places. He said, yeah, that's it. He said, is it true you guys are trying to start an orphanage and some food bank? He said, yeah, it is. He said, well, you know, I got some connections in the government. Brother Ben said, yeah. He said, let me tell you, he said, I got some connections in the division of food, which would be like our kind of FDA or whatever, USDA, whatever it is. He said, I got some connections there. And he said, when there are fruits and vegetables and things that are the, right, the wrong size and don't meet the right measurement, he said, they just throw it all away. He said, but Pastor, if it's okay with you, he said, I told them there's a church in Ensenada that could use these groceries to be a blessing to people. He said, so Pastor, we're going to start getting food delivered for these kids and for the food bank at the church. And he said, They're gonna, the government's going to donate it to you. 
So Brother Ben was, he wasn't making light of spiritual things, you know that, but he said, Brother Ben said, so here I am having my daily conversation with the friendly neighborhood witch. Well, I came tonight to preach about not just standing there, but getting up on your feet and doing something. And I was on my way to church tonight, and I got a text from Brother Benjamin Rodriguez. You got that picture, Brother Tyler? That's the witch. He got baptized today in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. One of the most powerful warlocks in all of Mexico was baptized today in the mind. 